0: But welcome to the second tier podcast. I'm Ryan Dilks and I'm joined by the Los Angeles to my Cardiff. It's Justin Peach. Good day to you, Ryan. I know which one I'd prefer. Justin, how are you?
1: I'm really good, thanks. You know, I've got a bit of a glow from my from my holiday, although it didn't stop me recording
0: though, did it? Because I am hardcore. You are hardcore. And I tell you what, that tan you've got is <laughs> extraordinary. Justin Peach is usually a tan man anyway but right now you are actually glowing i
1: am glowing it's um it's quite yeah it's it's lovely to have a bit of yeah a bit of a, a bit of a glow to me as you say but um, you know it's it is what it is uh, you know a fellow well, i say a fellow you you're a pale person so you would you'd never understand would you
0: no i, I would never understand i just sunburn but right now you look like you've been dipped in marmite I guess yeah I suppose (laughs) it's the closest comparison I can bring to us right now welcome to the number one championship specific podcast the second tier thank you for joining us wherever you are ladies and gentlemen we're doing a news roundup today we're going to go through everything that's happened in the championship over the past week Boy, oh boy, have there been a lot of transfers. My God, it has really kicked off, Justin. It has been absolutely mental. My my initial thinking was I was going to have transfers as this nice little bit at the start of the show. (laughs) It's taken up the whole first half of the show. (laughs) There's been so much that has happened. So we'll go through all the transfers that have happened, all the confirmed deals (laughs) in the championship over the past seven days. Then we'll talk about some of the players who have left the championship, some of the players who have been given new contracts, because we're at that time of year now where the contracts are actually expiring. So it's the last few days for clubs to try and wrap up any negotiations and then any other business in the championship from the past week. So we'll kick things off, Justin, with transfers. And The Athletic, says Gareth Bale, has agreed to join LAFC in the MLS on a year-long deal with an option to extend for a further 18 months. It's heartbreaking, really, isn't it? Because when this first... And this news first came out that Gareth Bale might have a chance of joining Cardiff. He was like, OK, fine. I, I don't see it actually happening, but OK. As time has got on, it has become more and more likely, up until the point where last week, I thought he's definitely joining now. And then, mm. had the heartbreaking news, a proper knife-in-the-back moment of him going to the MLS instead. I mean, it's just sad, isn't it, Justin?
1: There was barely any stories of the move to the MLS either. There was no, nothing developing like his nope. potential move to. It seemed to Cardiff like Cardiff well.
0: were the only option. Didn't <laughs> exactly, it?
1: exactly. There was obviously the talk of Getafe as well, but that was quickly rubbish by his agent. I think. Um, so yeah, it's really disappointing, but it's it's interesting to know how much of it is
0: was, was actually true. How much of the reports were actually accurate? Well, well, um, Justin. He apparently, according to reports in the week, he was at Cardiff's training ground. This week, having talks with Steve Morrison, <coughs> it, that makes it all the, mm. that seems to make it all the more likely that this is actually happening.
1: I guess so, but you've got to take things with a pinch of salt. And I think we all got a bit carried away and, uh, you know, just reading Cardiff Twitter, incredibly somber, incredibly somber. It's like there's been a relegation or something. It, <laughs> it 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 has been, um, it has been yeah yeah very sort of downturn. But it is what it is. You're going to lose out to. LA in some circumstances I think because it's a it's a, it's a bit of a it's an easy move for him I think and that's a disappointing thing from my point of view um I think it's I wouldn't say a bit of a cop out um I, I th- I'd have loved a homecoming yeah I'm a bit of a football romantic it would have been absolutely brilliant but yeah the move to LA it's a bit of a a plastic move should I describe it as if that makes
0: sense I see what you mean I see what you mean and I think the one thing that makes it all the more disappointing is we were told that money just wasn't really an issue for him. He's earned enough money in his career and he was happy just to play out his career at a place he loves. And he's got businesses in Cardiff as well. So it just seemed to make a lot more sense for him to just go back home. To be fair to him, he's not down as a designated player.
1: So I don't think he's going to be one of the higher earners at the club at, um, at LA. So I... I don't know how the schematics work, but I think to earn the real big money in the MLS, you have to be a designated player. And I don't—he's th- not down as one of them. I don't think.
0: Could he move there on loan to Cardiff? Because obviously, <laughs> winter time. The old Landon Donovan, the old Clint yeah. Dempsey. <laughs> Why not? I, I don't think you can rule it out, but unfortunately, he's not going to be there on a permanent basis, which is <clears throat> quite sad. What do you think this means for Cardiff then? Because I've had plenty of concerns about how strong their squad is actually going to be heading into next season. Having said that, if they managed to sign multiple Champions League winning Gareth Bale, I think that could have changed everything. Mm-hmm. Not happening now. So, where does that leave them?
1: I think it, it leaves them in one of two places. They've either... They, I'd, I'd have hoped they'd have budged, budgeted for Gareth Bale, but they've, they'd have also budgeted for alternatives as well because they need a creative player. And let's be honest, Gareth Bale wasn't going to play every game for Cardiff City, even if he did come. He's not. His body's just it wouldn't be able to cope with two games a week, um, especially the schedule being intensified by the month to six-week-long break of the World Cup. His body just wouldn't be able to handle that, so they would have had to bring in somebody else anyway. So I'd expect Cardiff to easily move on to other targets. They'd have had other targets in mind because this Gareth Bale, it was a it was a nice to have. It was a potential. They would have budgeted for that, and I think they would have had a, an alternative list of targets should that move not materialise. So I think they'll they be OK.
0: Let's move on, Justin, to some of the confirmed deals in the Championship. We're only doing confirmed deals. We won't do any transfer gossip, <laughs> otherwise we could be here all week. We'll talk about Middlesbrough. They've been very busy. They've signed Dalla Lenehan and Ryan Giles. The former was captain at Blackburn before his deal expired, while the latter was on loan at Cardiff and Blackburn last season. Justin, it seems like Middlesbrough mean business this season, don't they? They
1: really do. And I'm taking receipts here because I remember getting peppered for suggesting that Middlesbrough needed a little bit more creativity last January. Um, and I suggested Ryan Ryan Giles as, a, as an option at left wing back because Neil Taylor, good pro, but doesn't have the creative output of Ryan Giles. And we know the numbers he's posted at Cardiff um, and even his spell at Rotherham the season before. He was, he was superb in the second half of the season for them, even though they went down. Um, he's a fantastic addition adds real balance to the Middlesbrough team. Middlesbrough got heavily reliant on an Isaiah Jones towards the end of last season. And I think that, mean, that meant his form dipped and obviously he picked up a couple of knocks as well, which which almost derailed Borough completely in their playoff push. Um, so adding Ryan Giles into the mix, still need a couple more, but that helps a lot. And as I say, he's, his creative output for Cardiff last season, Cardiff were hopeless, even in the first half of the season. And he still bagged um, a lot of assists. Daryl Lanehan, we've spoken about Daryl Lanehan at length. He stitches that defence together really nicely. He's a leader. I, I'd put him in that central central position of the back three. Fantastic signing. Free transfer as well. Can't go wrong with it.
0: I think the, the Vine Giles signing in particular is such a phenomenal signing, Justin. Because yeah, really is. That was the glaring gap in the Middlesbrough team, Wanted last season? Of course, they've got other areas where they need strength. But left-back in particular was one place where I thought... They really needed someone there. But they also needed more creativity in the final third. And Ryan Giles was one of the top chance creators last season. So you've ticked two massive boxes there with one single signing. And the (laughs) thought of having Giles and Jones on either wing is frightening for any opposition. They're two very different wing backs, I think. I think Ryan Giles is... The kind of player who can whip in an early cross, where Jones is the oh, one yes. who runs at you. So you've got two alternatives either side, and it just—it's oh, so good. It's such a good move, and I don't think you could better handpick a left back for Borough this window than Ryan Giles out of anyone yeah. who's available. So it's such a good move, and Lenahan is well an astonishing signing, being able to because I, I I'd have easily seen him go into a Premier League side, Justin. Yeah. I would have not been surprised at all, and Middlesbrough managed to get him in. Back three of Fry, McNair, Lenehan. That's going to be tough for anyone to break down. So two amazing signings for Middlesbrough. And they only need a couple more. A couple more players to bring in. And then they are a definite, definite shout for promotion next season. Um, speaking of Middlesbrough, they've also brought in Northampton goalkeeper Liam Roberts. He was player of the season for the Cobblers last season and joins on a free. It is understood, but are still looking for another keeper though. So watch this space. Jed Wallace has moved to West Brom on a four-year deal. It's after leaving Millwall on a free. What a statement move this is from the Albion, Justin. Yeah, it really is.
1: Um, I think um, in terms of his output over the last few years, he's certainly been one of the most consistent players in the in the championship. It's quite astonishing, really, just how consistent he's been for a team that historically, under Gary Rowett, don't create many chances. But he's been clinical. Um, he's been clinical in both creating them and taking chances. He's a he's a superb signing offers so much for for West Brom he's, he's flexible as well because we've seen him play as part of a front two um as uh, as a striker as a sort of a, a makeshift striker in, in a sense um as a winger he's just he's got the all-round ability to do, to do it all at championship level my only my only uh, the asterisk I'll add is four year deal 28 years old probably on a fair bit of money doesn't strike me as a long term decision by West Brom
0: I think you're getting a player who's been staggeringly consistent over the past few years. To nail him down for four years, secure him for his best years of his career. So why not? Um, Yeah, this is such a good move for West Brom. And as you say, we're talking about one of the most consistent attackers the Championship has to offer from the past few years, he can play in all different positions and his goal and assist rate is just amazing for someone to do it as consistently as him, is just wow, and I would have not been surprised to see him go to a Premier League side, I think he's another of them where he probably should have ended up in the Premier League at some point and may still very well do that with West Brom um, and I think that's going to be the aspiration for them this season, <laughs> and with a front three of Jed Wallace, DK, and Carlin Grant, that's absolutely frightening so they've got every chance of getting to the Premier League with that front three alone. But I can say this right now, on paper, West Brom will have the best squad in the league heading into the new season because that front three, a midfield of Swift, Mowat, Livermore, and then a defence with O'Shea and Bartley is just wow. The only concern I'll have is, will it all gel together? Will Steve Bruce be able to get the most out of that team as well because they've definitely got the ammo. It's about (laughs) just making sure it actually all clicks. Um, But yeah, what a signing this is and West Brom looking very good heading into next season, Justin. Let's go to Luton. They've signed Barnsley striker Corley Woodrow, Stoke midfielder Alfie Doherty and Hibernian goalkeeper Matt Macy. Woodrow, that's an interesting signing, Justin, isn't it?
1: Too right. Absolutely. Again, he's he's a forward who's consistently been a good goal scorer at a championship level. Um if you look at his output for Barnsley if you take away last season because firstly Barnsley were hopeless and secondly he's he was injured from um from Jan- January December time. Um and he was playing with an injury before that. He's he's been such a consistent goal scorer for Barnsley. Um to I honestly thought he'd would be would go to a, a you know a Middlesbrough potentially or a or a West Brom um I know he was linked with Swansea under Steve Cooper as well so there's potential potential for that to 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 be reignited maybe um and that's no disrespect to, to Lewin. I just didn't think they had the finance to bring him in but they made the deal work which is absolutely superb and what they've got is an incredible goal scorer at championship level who can easily fire a team into into the playoffs He's got that ability, and well, whoever he plays with, whether that be Kornick, Adebeo, even Jerome, whoever he plays with, they're going to score goals because the work that Woodrow does off the ball, he, the way he drops into spaces and around the box, absolutely
0: fantastic. He's he's going to be a he's he's the perfect strike partner for me. He's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I completely agree. I think he is the perfect strike partner because he's he scores goals. We all know that, but he's so good at linking up the play and. Whether it's, you know, a big bruiser like Adebayo or someone who's pacey like Cornick, then mm-hmm. Woodrow compliments them both really, really well. So such an astonishing sign. And I, I'm, I'm exactly the same as you, as you, Justin. I did not expect Luton to have the finances, really, to go out and get him. But it just goes to show that what a statement move it is by them, but also how much they rate Woodrow that they've kind of broken from the mould, I suppose. And, yeah. you know... Forked out big books by Luton standards and I mean that with no disrespect but we all know they're not a club that goes out there and really splashes cash on anyone um, so it's a really really good signing from them and I'm really excited to see how it all knits together uh, meanwhile Luton striker Danny Hilton has left the club after six years a really good servant for them Reading midfielder Josh Laurent has gone to Stoke on a three-year deal he rejected a new contract from the Royals uh, what do you make of that one Justin?
1: Yep, it's a pretty exciting. Josh Laurent um, in his first season at Reading. Under Pavlovic was such a good ball-winning midfielder. He's ability to turn possession over for for the side, and they were a really good counter-attacking team under Pavlovic in that first year. Um, it was only a season ago. Um, it feels like a long time ago. I imagine Reading fans will agree. Um, but yeah, he was he was so good at um, turning possession over and getting more creative players on the ball, like Alise and Ajaria and. and And Swift when he was fit and obviously Zhao as well. Um, Yes, he's he's, he's a good signing and that gives me a lot of hope for Stoke because that midfield's looking really tidy now. The likes of Josh Laurent, Lewis Baker, you've got Nick Powell in a creative mould as well. Um, uh, I think it's Jordan Thompson coming back uh, um, from his injury, which is a a good sign as well. Yeah, really good signing and it's... uh, uh, I expected him again to go to a team who... Would have been chasing, guaranteed to be chasing for the playoffs. I still put Stoke in that mould where I'm really unsure about them.
0: Hmm. Stoke have also brought in defender Harry Clark on loan from Arsenal. Stoke have got so many centre backs now; it's ridiculous, but they've got plenty of depth, and uh, I think that's at least one positive you can say about them. Um, sticking with midfielders who have left Reading, Andy Rinnemota has signed for Cardiff. He's joined the club on a three-year deal. Um, good signing for Cardiff, this Justin. I was actually quite caught back by it, because I did not expect him to go to Cardiff at all.
1: Yeah, a really good signing. I think you can copy and paste what I just said about Josh Laurent with Andy Rinomata. He's uh, He was so pivotal to to, midf- uh, to Reading's midfield under Patanovic um, in their chase for the playoffs a couple of seasons ago. Uh, he's a really hard-working midfielder, and he adds much-needed legs and energy in a Cardiff midfield that grew, that grew really stale. Not in a bad way. It just it looked leggy, it looked old. Um, whereas Rinnamotta adds a lot more into that, and he's, he's he's pretty nifty with the ball at his feet. Um, not a goal scorer, not a creative midfielder. Does a lot of the hard work, um, and will allow those creative players to thrive. Again, a bit like Josh Laurent, they were really good. They were really good as a duo. So whoever plays with Andy, Andy Rinnamotta has got a really good midfield partner. Yeah,
0: and I've been really worried about the quality that Stoke that uh, Stoke Cardiff actually have. <laughs> In their squad. Um, but I think this is going to some way to do that. Because I really rate Rinomoto as a player. I think this is um, definitely improving the quality they've got there. As opposed to the signings before. Which I thought were just increasing the squad depth that they've got. Um, so this this is a really good sign. And I'm really impressed by that move. Um, but sticking with Reading for a sec. They're in a bit of tr- a troubling situation aren't they? The five centre mids who played the most minutes for them last season. Have now left the club. Um and that's a big problem, isn't it, Justin? <laughs> Teams need midfielders. <laughs> it's a they do help. <laughs> Teams need
1: players. Um, yeah, it's it's amazing it's a worry. And I think I mentioned it in the last episode, the fact that Reading can't pay fees for players puts them at the mercy of um, having to hand out bigger contracts, which, again, they're not in a position to do because of their transfer business plan not really sure if it's an embargo it's a business plan imposed upon them by the EFL yeah it's a major worry for Reading and it does leave you with question marks as to where they're going to recruit it's a very similar position to what Derby were in last season so Paul Lince is really going to have to pull some magic out of his arse because to see a team do that again it's a big it's a big task and didn't think Derby were up to it last season they surprised us both Reading could do the same thing but that's the position they're in and
0: that is a major, major worry. Speaking of Reading in the most predictable transfer of the summer, Tom Ince has joined them on a three-year deal. So after he was released by Stoke. Tom Ince, Paul Ince, we all knew this was going to happen. Um, is it an impressive signing? I can't really say I'm staggered by it. I know Reading fans were actually quite impressed by Ince at certain points of last season. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he was all right. He's probably the best he's played in a while, but we haven't seen... Tom Ince play regularly for anyone for quite some time so he's a talented boy we all know what we what he can do don't we he was amazing for Blackpool and Derby um, mm-hmm. it's just been quite some time since we saw that Tom Ince inter-
1: yeah it is if they can get a fraction of what he did at Derby because as I say was Stoke for three years Huddersfield for a year we haven't seen the Tom Ince who can jink left and right and, and slot things with these past goalkeepers the way he did we've not seen that for a long time so if we can get even 10 or 15% out of that Tom Ince from year, a few years ago then Reading it's a good signing for Reading because as I say creatively they've lost John Swift uh, I, I laugh but it's one of those sort of nervous laughs they, mm. they've, they've lost a lot in that final third over the last couple of years obviously at going as well Tom Ince won't post the same numbers but he'll give you
0: everything he can um, and I think that's all Reading need at the minute Goalkeeper Joe Lumley has also joined Reading on loan from Middlesbrough. Unfortunately, I'd have to say he's not the most convincing of goalkeepers we've seen over the past season. But it's a goalkeeper and Reading definitely needed one, didn't they? Millwall have spent a club record £2 million on Fortuna Sittard midfielder Zion Fleming. The Dutchman's scored 27 goals in the last two Eredivisie seasons and has previously been linked with Forest and Huddersfield. Seems like an excited signing, Justin.
1: Yeah, I don't know too much about him, but numbers-wise, really good. Um, obviously, feels that oh, potentially feels a void left by Jed Wallace, which is which is fantastic. And for Millwall to break the transfer record as well, I mean, how long have we been saying to Muwall to just go out and buy a bloody number nine for a bit of money? Um, because that's that's been the missing piece of the jigsaw. But obviously now Jed Wallace has left, they needed to. There's a couple of pieces that need add into that jigsaw, and hopefully Fleming can can add can add that. Um, as I say, numbers-wise. Done, has done has done well, but championship is very different to the Eredivisie. We've seen players come straight from the Eredivisie and struggle. Hopefully, physically, he seems up for it, which is always which is always the the first hurdle for for players coming from Holland, Spain, etc. Um, so yeah,
0: don't know too much about him. Can't judge him yet, but we obviously like him. Paid a lot of money for him. Yeah, and for someone like Millwall to go out there and spend this much money, because we all know they don't spend that much money very often, um, says a lot about how much they break this player. So let's yeah. see how he does. The only thing I'd say is, why didn't they do this before when he had Jed Wallace? Because otherwise, because they needed another player to add to their creativity and goal output in the final third, haven't they? Uh, alongside mm-hmm. Wallace. Wallace is now gone and they finally brought someone in. If they had Wallace and someone like Fleming before, Who knows where they could have ended up? So it's a bit irritating in that sense, but I suppose at least they've got a replacement for Wallace. Preston have signed Freddie Woodman on a permanent deal from Newcastle. I I think that's a really good move, Justin. I didn't expect him to leave Newcastle on a permanent, and I think this is a really good bit of business from Preston.
1: Yeah, when he was linked with a loan-to-buy move, I was just thinking, just try and sign him permanently, because he's a good goalkeeper at championship level a brilliant goalkeeper at championship level arguably one of the most consistent we've seen over the last two seasons when he was at Swansea the amount of clean sheets he, he um, the amount of clean sheets he, he had um, was absolutely astonishing I know he was playing behind a good defence under Steve Cooper but he was also making top saves as well really good at saving penalties um, which is handy and again a goalkeeper is a was a weak area for Preston and they strengthened that and I think that shows that they mean a, a fair bit of business because I don't think that signing would have been cheap in a sense um, In a sense that other keepers would have been, Freddie Woodman, good age, three-year deal,
0: wouldn't have been cheap. Yeah, and they've got one of the best youngish goalkeepers mm-hmm. available to Championship signs, haven't they? So I think it's a really good signing. His kicking has uh, left plenty of Swansea fan, fans frustrated from the time that he was there, but in terms of shot-stopping, dealing with crosses, etc. You've got yourself a really, really solid goalkeeper, haven't you? Uh, Swansea have completed a deal for MK Don's defender, Harry Darling. We spoke about this in Thursday's episode. A really exciting move. And his name is also really good for puns. I'm looking forward to doing over the next season. Um, What a goal, darling, is an example of that. Um, QPR have got in Dutch left-back Kenneth Parle from PEC Zwolle. Don't know too much about him, Justin, but QPR needed a left back, didn't they? So solid enough move. Casey Palmer. Casey Palmer has moved to Coventry from Bristol City. Um, that's an interesting one, isn't it, Justin?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I do like it because I've always rated Casey Palmer because <laughs> when he plays, he's brilliant. When he when he when he when he's on it, he's he's absolutely fantastic. When he isn't, he's absent. Um, and that's the frustrating thing with Casey Palmer. So you're hoping with with Mark Robbins that he can unlock consistency out of Casey Palmer because technical ability, overall ability, he's got it. It's just being consistent and making sure he stays off um, injuries as well. That's something that's that's restricted him quite a lot. A lot of a lot of injuries that have impacted him in, in the short term. So he's not been able to get a full run in games. Give him a full run in games, he'll be good. He, he was one player that came on loan to Derby a few years ago and I was frustrated that Gary Rowan didn't play him enough because he's a difference maker. And Coventry... Coventry will need that next
0: season. Yeah, they absolutely will. Um, And we all know that Coventry are very good at getting the most out of players who were kind of just left behind by the clubs they're at. Um, Mark Robbins is really Mm -hmm. good at unlocking the potential in these players. Like Jokeres, for example, wasn't getting a look in at all, was he, at Brighton? Um, And they made him into what he is now. (laughs) Um, Calum O'Hare shipped out by Villa, one of the best number 10s on his day in the Championship. Um, Yeah, there's loads of examples at Coventry and Casey Palmer will hopefully be the next in line for that. Is this a sign that Calum O'Hare's moving on? He has been linked with a move away? We'll have to wait and see. But without a doubt, Casey Palmer, in terms of players who can thread the ball for the eye of a needle... He is really, really good at that. And finally, Rotherham have signed Tommy Eaves after he left Hull on a free. The 30-year-old has signed a three-year deal. Is it a good replacement for their top goal scorer? We'll talk about that after the break. That leads me very nicely on to the break Justin, where we'll talk about players who have left the Championship and players who have been given new contracts. To the second tier podcast, here's a load of players who are leaving the Championship this summer. Sam Johnston has left West Brom to go to Crystal Palace. His deal expires this summer. We all knew that one was going to happen. Similarly to this one, Nick Pope is leaving Burnley for Newcastle. I think a £10 million fee was mentioned for that one. Um, I thought they could have got even more, to be honest, but there you go. (laughs) Rotherham are losing Michael Ahickway and Michael Smith. Both were included in the League One team of the season, while the latter was their top goalscorer last season. Um, they've both gone to Sheffield Wednesday in League One, um, which seems very strange, Justin. Bizarre, in fact. But also, it's two huge blows for Rotherham, and it's not a great start to the summer for them, is it?
1: It's not ideal, but I think Rotherham signing Peter Chioso, Cohen Bramwell, um, I think they're they're two really good signings. It doesn't replace them because of their experience. But I think, as I say, they're, they're two top signings. Obviously, Tommy's has, has come in. Doesn't have the goal output that Michael Smith has, but he's certainly, he's certainly a handful at the championship level and I really liked him last season at Hull. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it's disappointing from a Rotherham perspective, but when you consider their ages and perhaps both of those players have been part of Rotherham teams that have been relegated in the past, maybe going in a different direction might help them stay up for once. I, I'm being a Gosshoff fool
0: kind of guy with this one, I think. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I can't imagine Tom Eves producing what Michael Smith produced last season. But as you say, he is a handful and he can at least contribute a few goals um, to Rotherham. And that's all they need. They're not going to get a striker who's going to score 15 goals for them. Rotherham just don't have the resources available to them to sign that kind of striker. So as long as they get goals from all over the pitch, then they'll at least have some chance of staying up next season. But without a doubt, losing mm. your captain as well, who's been their best player pretty much for the last three years, at least, yep. um, is without a doubt a big blow for them. Uh, this one isn't technically leaving the Championship, but I couldn't figure out where else to put it in the running order. Joe Allen is leaving Stoke after six years with the club. He's been heavily linked with a move back to Swansea, which would be nice, wouldn't it, Justin?
1: Yeah, the uh, the Wales homecoming we all, we all want, really. Yeah, nothing about Gareth Bale, <laughs> Joe Allen back to Swansea. We'll take it. Um, yeah, it's uh, it, it would be a good move, I think, for both Swansea and Joe Allen. Obviously, I think Joe Allen hasn't really lit things up for me at Stoke, especially over the last sort of year and a half. Um, I think he's he's been one of those players I think has underperformed. Um, I know Stoke fans may disagree, but not to disrespect his time at Stoke, he's probably one of those. Players that force into a category that gave it absolutely everything, and and you've got to respect that. So for him to go back to Swansea, I think that adds a lot of experience into the midfield for 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 Russell Martin and a lot of flexibility as well, and much needed energy because, I mean, they they've got young players in there anyway, but it would be interesting. Although they seem well stacked in central midfield, so
0: that, yeah, it is yeah, definitely a few
1: question marks.
0: I think he'd just be adding depth at Swansea. To be completely honest, I can't see him you know, out, shifting out a midfielder of Grimes, for example. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I think it'd be a nice move as well because you get an experienced player, um, someone who's got plenty of leadership because um, he was the captain at Stoke after all. And I think Stoke fans were sad to see him leave. I don't think they were annoyed about him going. Mm-hmm. Um, so make of that what you will. But yeah, it's um, it'll be nice to see him go back to Swansea. I don't think it will particularly increase their chances of promotion, though. I can say that. Philip yeah. Zinconagel has left Watford to go to Olympiakos. Guess he's not joining the Steve Cooper Forest Revolution in the Premier League then, which uh, I thought he might do. Stoke midfielder Mario Vrancic has gone to Rejeka in Croatia on loan for the season. I found that one a bit odd. Justin, I thought Vrancic was really good for them last season.
1: Yeah, I saw um, I saw Ben Rowley from the YYY Files, obviously a friend of the show, um, put out that he was really good for the first half of the season. That made me think... Yes, he was really good for the first half of the season, but so was Stoke and then Stoke became really bad mm, and then yeah. Vrancic sort of disappeared. I know he picked up an injury as well, um, but it, it makes sense. I think there are better options now for for Stoke. Obviously, if you can keep Nick Powell fit, which is the age-old question is, can Nick Powell stay fit for this season? What are the odds of him doing that? Probably very slim. Mm. Will they need to bring somebody else in? I think so. That probably makes the Vrancic move... Strange, but he's probably on a fair fair whack of wages as well. So it's good to get him
0: off the wage bill, bring someone younger in who can potentially replace Nick Powell in the long term as well. well Huddersfield right back, Pippa has moved to Olympiacos, another one which I found a bit strange, but there you go. Cardiff midfielder Will Volks has gone to Sheffield Wednesday, a move which I think is quite impressive for League One. Sheffield Wednesday mm. certainly doing bits in the division below meanwhile Marlon Pack has gone to Portsmouth after his Cardiff deal expired as I was saying not too long ago, plenty of experience going out the door at Cardiff Watford striker Cucho Hernandez has moved to MLS side Columbus Crew QPR defender Jordi Device has gone to Fortuna Dusseldorf in Germany and Fran Villalba has left Birmingham to move to Sporting Gijon 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 it's is he, is he on, but I he swear Valalba's left like three or four times. <laughs> <laughs> I s- It'll come up again very next true. week, won't it? <laughs> very, very true. Uh, let's go to new contracts, Justin. These, have all, these are players who have been given new contracts at their respective clubs. Sponsored midfielder Jamie Patson, has signed a new two-year deal to keep him at the club until 2024. Burnley have tied down Jack Cork until 2024. Cardiff's Joe Rawls has signed a new two-year deal. Johnny Housen has signed a one-year deal to stay at Middlesbrough. Keeping have given Albert Adoma a new two-year contract. He'll be 36. By the Jeez. time his contract expires. Wow. Yeah, that's what I thought as well. And Patrick Roberts and Lyndon Gooch have both signed new two-year deals at Sunderland. For the latter, it would extend his association to the club to 18 years. So fair play to him. Any there which have major your ears prick up, Justin?
1: Obviously, the, the Doma one, the two-year deal <laughs> taken to 36 years. Brilliant. He's a brilliant pro and a, and a great character for QPR. Versatile as well, which is helpful for, for them. He can play on the left and the right. He's dropped down to wing-back, which obviously helps an ageing old winger. They drop down into the wing-back position. I think that's a natural progression. Um, I can't remember any of the others now. I'm just fixated on the Albert Adoma one. Yeah, that's Joe understandable. Rules. Joe, yeah, Joe, Joe Rawls is an interesting one. Yeah, uh, creatively, he he can be that spark Cardiff may need. Not saying it's Gareth Bale level, but he certainly, certainly adds much-needed creativity in that, um, for, for Cardiff City, but they still need to add in the final third uh, as well. Yeah, Jamie Patterson, not surprised that's been extended. I think the interest is called in him. So yeah, him staying at Swansea is probably a good thing. But this is usually the the time for Jamie Patterson where he not drops off, starts to pick up a few injuries and then form starts to
0: tail as well. This is the, the Jamie Patterson timeline at every club he's been at. We'll have to wait and see on that one, won't we? Let's go to any other business. Local property developer David Clowes says he will make a bid to buy Derby County after purchasing Pride Park Stadium. He's also given a loan to the club to allow them to start next season. Some very good news for once at Derby County, Justin.
1: Yeah, it's it's great news. Um, I think I'm, almost, I'm not bored of talking about them. I think it's, it's good to highlight cases like this because football world needs to hear it but yeah it's it's brilliant news um it's a step forward we've been in this position before won't believe it until it's done and over the line um because as i say everyone's been in this position position before
0: yeah you've been burnt before haven't you um and derby fans won't get too carried away even though this seems like it's scorned even though this seems like this may actually be the one where it actually happens now um there have been talk about whether anyone else be will be involved with him because, no disrespect to David Clouds, he's not, you know, championship club owner wealthy, really, is he? He's, he's wealthy by our standards, and the average person on the street, but in terms of actual ownership of a football club, he's not the wealthiest of owners, so there's been talk about whether... You know, Mike Ashley and Andy Appleby may be joining up with him. Who knows? We'll have to wait and see. But as long as Derby County get out of administration, I don't think the fans will care that much. They just want the club's future to be secure, which it looks to be nearing to um so that was a bit of good news for derby and then on exactly the same day derby boss rain rooney has resigned in a statement he said i feel the club now needs to be led by someone with fresh energy and not affected by events that have happened over the last 18 months uh what do you think of that one justin it's not great is it
1: no obviously just to just before people jump on a third tier bandwagon this this is relatable because there'll be championship clubs who prick their ears at this. Um, obviously, Wayne Rooney being a, being a free agent. But from a Derby perspective, I'm not fussed. I am i don't mind him leaving. Um, I think he uh, he did a very admirable job for the club um, in really difficult circumstances, as we've spoken about before. But for me, I think he was too close to the to Kirchner takeover. His his agent, Paul Stretford, was going to be on the board. Um, and he's, he, he went on record himself saying that if the, that takeover doesn't go through, he can't see a future for himself at Derby and that's that's been the the case it's just the timing for me that's a bit strange to do it just a few days before pre-season with another takeover on the horizon really really weird really odd obviously the David Close um, takeover that you just mentioned that came with a £1.6 million loan which meant Derby can now sign players that just needs to be ratified I think by the EFL so there's no there's no stopping Derby from getting going
0: um so it's just yeah, just a bit bizarre for me. Yeah, and I'm the same as you. I don't think it was a big surprise because of his links to the curtain deal, and also his deal or, or the deal with Thirty Two Red and Derby. Obviously, we all know about mm-hmm. the murky waters <laughs> around that. I think that expires this summer as well. So it's not really a surprise that Rooney's going. Um, but he's done a phenomenal job in the time that he's there, and I'm the same as you. I I'm not too fussed about him going particularly. Um, You've got to be said, he's been through a lot over the last 18 months, Um and who knows? He, he, obviously, we all know Wayne Rooney, as a bloke, is one of the greatest footballers the country's ever seen, but it may have really affected him mentally, because um, yeah. it, it's been a lot, hasn't it? A lot of ups and downs, and mainly downs, um that he's been through over the past 18 months. So it may have just been too much for him, and he just wanted a break from football, but... I think Derby do need a fresh set of eyes. It looks like it may very well be Liam Vecinia, which I think will be a superb move because I think he's one of the best coaches um, in the Football League right now. So that'll be interesting to see if it does happen. If it doesn't, then Derby are a big club. They'll be able to attract um, some good names, won't they? Some good managers. Warnock. Yes, get him in. Um, let's go to this. Sheffield United say Ryan Brewster and Ollie McBurney have been charged following violence after the playoff semi final against Nottingham Forest. Fans invaded the pitch at the end of the match on the 17th of May. The club say they're disappointed with the decision and both players strenuously deny the charges. We'll leave that one there, Justin. This is a sad one. Bristol City defender Nathan Baker isn't expected to play for them next season. It's because of an ongoing concussion. He was stretched off with a head injury in October last year and hasn't played since. I I don't know enough about head injuries, Justin, to provide expert analysis on it. But for someone to basically miss nearly two seasons is amazing, isn't it? But at the same time, incredibly sad.
1: Yeah, it's it's staggering. And uh, I think that's the... um... Your career in football is fragile, and it can be something as uh, I would say innocuous because over the years we've sort of got used to footballers heading and kicking it, um, and a bump on the head you just sort of shrug off. And obviously, if a player's not unconscious, you do worry, but. You know, nine times out of ten they, they get back up again and you just you shrug it off as a supporter but this just goes to show how fragile your career can be um, as a player and hopefully Nathan Baker makes a full recovery just to the point where he's I guess, I guess at a competitive level whether or not he plays football again I don't know but it's his health that's the most important thing and if he needs to retire from football to, to ensure that that is, is, is fine then, then then so be it
0: yeah Sunderland chairman, Kirill Louis de Frais, Dreyfus. I, I was dreading it's, saying this name. It's, just
1: it's Dreyfus. It's Dreyfus because he's related
0: Dreyfus. to the uh, the the actors um, oh, okay. in the US. Yeah, it's Dreyfus. Right. Kirill Louis Dreyfus has increased his shareholding in the club to 51%. I even asked somebody, how do you pronounce his name before coming out today? Uh, and I still managed to mess it up. Um, it's a mid interest in the black cats from a cryptocurrency group. Louis Dreyfus took over the club in 2021 and he has now acquired shares held by Charlie Methan and former owner Stuart Donald. Anything on that, Justin? Firstly, as a
1: viewer of Sunday till I die on Netflix, Obviously, not being a Sunderland supporter, it's the end of an era for Charlie Methen. That's a good thing for Sunderland supporters. But he was TV gold, Um, an annoying character, but one you could get direct quotes from a bit. He was very David Brent, wasn't he? Absolutely, Um, and that is a positive in my eyes. But he was an absolute weapon from a football sense. So it's good that he's left Sunderland. Um, And yeah, I think this is a real statement of intent from from. Kirill Louis-Dreyfus, and obviously, I, I can't remember the Uruguayan businessman's name, Satori, um, I think, uh, he's increased his shareholding as well, which is good news. And it takes the club into their hands, which eradicates that threat of shares being sold to this cryptocurrency group. I think the Riker Report, Sunderland, um Fanzine, did a really good write-up of, um, of why they shouldn't be anywhere near football. Um, So, yeah, as I say, this is a really
0: good statement of intent
1: and a a positive step for something to move forward.
0: Yeah, absolutely spot on. I've not done enough digging to know enough about the cryptocurrency group like the back of my hand, but I have seen bits and they don't seem like the kind of group I would want running my football club. Um, I can say that much. So we'll leave that there. Um, But yeah, it's good that it's staved off. Um, that threat, air quotes. Uh, Mark Warburton has joined the coaching staff at West Ham. It's after he left QPR. I think you were saying on just on Twitter last night, Justin, um, looks like he's not going to Birmingham then.
1: Yeah, I think um, this Pissini takeover, which hopefully doesn't go through, hopefully a takeover does go through, but hopefully it's not Pasini. They were, I think they wanted Mark Warburton in charge. I think everyone sort of re- expected that to happen sooner rather than later. Alas is still at the club. So to me, I've not seen anything solid on it. Um but all the talk has been Mark Warburton and John Eustace going to going to Birmingham. But yeah, Alas he's he's, he's gotten to West Ham, which I think is quite an interesting one. Um we'll see how he it goes. It's, it's a fairly easy job with David Moyes because he's a very good manager. Um but yeah it looks like he's he's not gonna he's not gonna go to a club in the championship. That might probably might be his last job.
0: Yeah, might be. Um, I think it's a really good appointment from West Ham, isn't it, getting someone like Orbiton? Mm. They've got some really experienced names in the backroom staff there, haven't they? But <laughs> focusing on a championship perspective, the league's losing out on a really good manager at this level, aren't they? Yeah. It's he, he may very well be offered a job in a few years' time, um, but if Birmingham were having their hearts set on getting him in, that would have been a really good appointment for them, so they're massively missing out. Um, with him going to West Ham. Mm -hmm. Referee Kevin Friend has retired from officiating in the Premier League to take up a management role for referees in the Championship. He's in charge of Select Group 2 referees. Um, You like rabbiting on about referees, Justin. Anything you want to say about this one?
1: hopefully it improves the standard of refereeing at championship level um i mean we even saw as recently as the playoff final i know john moss was a premier league referee but the decision making two big decisions was absolutely pathetic um so hopefully it improves it's, it's a huge job massive massive job because as i say refereeing has been progressively worse um and of what i, I absolutely forgot about refereeing this has been a nice summer i've not had to be stressed out by terrible officiating. Um,
0: And as I say, hopefully it improves, but that remains to be seen. To be fair, it's been a month since the playoff final, which arguably had two of the most comical decisions ever (laughs) not given, um, in this, at this level. So, um, We've had that, but it's just been a nice come down, just getting over that. But it still makes me angry when I think about it too much. Um, And then finally, we'll finish off on fixtures, Justin. So they've been released released for the upcoming championship season. The opening weekend, we've got Huddersfield v Burnley, Middlesbrough v West Brom and Watford v Sheffield United. That is absolutely mouth-watering, Justin.
1: Yeah, I am salivating at the thought. Uh, it's it's a weird it's a weird time of year because the fixtures come out but you've still got a month to wait. Um mm. so the excitement builds, but you come down very quickly because you've still got a fair bit of time to wait, but it's super exciting, it really is. The start of the football season I think is it rivals the playoffs just because everything's perfect. The sun's shining, hopefully. Um yeah, you get to your club at three o'clock on a Saturday, all oh, the excitement is there. And then you come away after a 0-0 draw and you think, ah, that was shit, I'll go again next week.
0: Yep, absolutely. Um, (laughs) Speaking of the fixtures, Watford look to have the trickiest start. They've got Sheffield United at home, then West Brom away and then Burnley at home. If they don't get off to a good start there, Justin, do you think we could see Rob Edwards under a bit of pressure?
1: If they are playing hopelessly then absolutely. But if the the style of play is embedded into the team and the performances are there but the results aren't, things will improve. I think that's what you need to judge Rob Edwards on, especially with this Watford side, because they've been so short-termist over the last eight years. It's been hard to judge a manager and how the style of play impacts a team. So I think only if performances are absolutely dreadful can you say Rob Edwards would be under pressure?
0: Hmm. Well, we all know what Watford are like, don't we? Um, exactly. So if it doesn't, if they're, if if they're not in the top half of the table, for example, after the first couple of months, then... I think we could start seeing a few rumours circulating. Uh, But we'll leave that there, ladies and gentlemen. This has been the Second Tier Podcast, and this has been a news roundup from everything that's been going on in the Championship over the past week. We'll be back again on Thursday to talk more Championship goss. So we look forward to seeing you then. But until then, this has been the Second Tier Podcast. I've been Ryan Dilks. I've been Justin Peach. And thank you for listening.